Every time we gather to celebrate the Eucharist, we hear God's word addressed to us. And it's always wonderful to hear what is the Lord saying to us today or tomorrow. There's always a special reading, the three readings on Sundays and solemnities is four. What, what is the Lord speaking to us about? Okay, we have a, from the book of prophet Isaiah, we have the people of God on account of the infidelities, they lost their nationhood. They were exiled to Babylonia, to Babylon, most of them. And, and it is there that Isaiah is speaking to his people. But Isaiah is a prophet. He speaks on behalf of God. So what is the Lord saying to his people? Who to whom can, I, can you liken me as an equal? It says the Holy One, lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Just look around this world. See its beauty, its complexity. See, look around. I am the one who has formed. I am the one who created all. And then he continues. He leads out their army and numbers them, calling them all by name. Each person, God knows. By his great might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. Which means God sees everyone. When you speak of military army, they're not just numbers. But each one has a name, each person. God knows each person by name. And they're all accounted in his eyes, which means every human being. Every human being is not some, someone who can be discarded, unimportant, but each one has a name. Each one is being cared by God. And by his great might and strength of his power, none of them is missing. So it's not just missing, but because, because of great might and strength and power, meaning God is not someone who not just does not remember, but he cares for. He, he is able to, is, is responsible for each. And then, this is how the Lord introduced these words. First of all, who am I? Am I, am I? I am your God. And then it says, why, O Jacob? Jacob is a name for people of Israel. It's not just one name of a person, but it's actually his old people. Why, O Jacob, do you say and declare, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? In other words, Lord, why do you forget me? Um, why do not, you do not pay attention to me as a person? You seem to disregard me. And this is not just one person, it's the nation. He speaks of people. He speaks of a community, people of, who have received revelation. And so why? How come you are taking me for someone I am not? I am someone who does care, does hear. And you cannot say, and then the Lord continues, do you not know or have you not heard? The Lord is eternal God, creator of the ends of the earth. So do you not know? I have revealed myself to you. You have forgotten that I am actually the eternal God, creator 
of all the, that which exists, creator of the ends of the earth, and the God who does not faint nor grow weary, and his knowledge is beyond scrutiny. Again, the description of God. He gives strength to the fainting. For the weak, he makes vigor abound. And not only that he has the power, but he also gives, shares. He shares his wisdom, shares his strength, shares the vigor which the scripture speaks. Though young men faint and grow weary, and youth stagger and fall, that they hope in the Lord, that they that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar as with eagles' wings. They will run and not grow weary, walk and not grow faint. Have you ever seen men of God, men and women of God, who may be already in their 70s, 80s, or even 90s, and they seem to be like still youthful? because they have the hope in God, they know God is there. I mean, I can't forget Father Seraphim who's still working when he was 90 and giving, delivering talks, and yet his whole body was, was, was kind of racked because of, of, of rheumatic, rheumatoid, some form of fever, which is arthritis, which was all deformed. And he didn't seem to talk about that at all. I'm not trying to canonize him. I'm just speaking of someone who, Who's capable, who's capable of doing so many things way into being 90. What about, you know, John Paul, racked by Parkinson's, and he wrote the, probably the greatest encyclicals when he was racked by, by Parkinson's, where people would say, why is he doing this? Why he just doesn't kind of give up? And he was the most productive amidst the most, probably greatest difficulty, sufferings with his, with his body. And so, why? Because God gives the vigor. God gives the insights, the inspiration. I mean, look at even Pope Francis in his mid-80s. He's running around yet. With one lung. Yeah, well, people say, well, maybe there's too many imperfections in him. But nonetheless, he still was chosen. He still sp spokesperson for God. Today we have, you know, people who in their teenage years or in their 20s who are so depressed, so down, they don't see any future. Well, the difficulty is that we have kind of shut down the sources of grace for them. We don't, uh, we don't invite them. The school systems and everything else gives them a very type of wrong ideological band, so they interpret through the prism of what they think it is, this is how the world is, because it isn't, because they're missing the most important aspect of their life is God, grace, God's love, which can renew, which can regenerate, give hope, give optimistic look into the future, rather than this pessimism, you know, there's nothing else to live for, so you drug yourself up and, and basically, you know, slowly commit suicide because, you know, you poison yourself so much that there's nothing there. This is what we have in front of us. So when God speaks to his people, he says, why, O Jacob, why do you say, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? You don't listen to me, Lord. 
don't seem to pay attention to my needs. And the Lord says, how can I not? How can I not? I have made, I have sustained this whole world. I am the one who's the source of life. And all life that exists is because I sustain it. I gave it the beginning and I also lead it to something special. Jesus says today in the gospel, come to me, all you who find life burdensome, who feel like God is not really responding. I got the short end of the stick or whatever it may be. Come to me, all you who labor a burden and I'll refresh you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am meek and humble of heart and you will find rest for yourselves. Being able to rest. You know, I, I marvel sometimes at people who seem to shortchange their sleep for the sake of the gospel and they seem to have enough energy to run around and to do things. I watch these various saints. You look at their history and what they were able to do and accomplish because they were so focused on bringing Christ to others, that the source of joy, the source of healing, the source of comfort, the source of consolation, hope, God being the source. And that's why they wanted to give them and not only that, but that which goes beyond the grave and that is life, life eternal. Why the North American martyrs, which are not even 100 miles, 80 miles from here, why would they do the things that they did? Because they wanted the, uh, the Indians to, to receive that fullness of life. It was worth it to sacrifice their life. It was worth it. We, we, today, we, we have a sort of poor kind of understanding everybody's okay so they don't really need the gospel you know God somehow will take care of them but it's not go to the whole world and proclaim the gospel go it's a it's a first of all allowing people to come to know God in their own limitations misery whatever it may be that they may receive the gift of hope the gift of knowledge of God and joy and future glory because this is what the Lord came this was the Lord's mission he came to earth why? he could have just left us the way we are no he did God so loved the world because he wanted us to come to know him because it's not just the life here on earth but that which goes beyond and the Lord is inviting us because he made us free so he wants us to come to know it and choose it and or we will help each other to come to know the Lord and help us help each other to choose. I'm fascinated by St. Ambrose because we honor him today. First of all, he was quite well educated. You know, his father, who was a prefect, uh, you know, uh, you know in, in a part of France, he was born in Trier, which is present day Germany which is, you know, the, uh, the area which is always contested between French and Germans. Uh, so he was there. So he was sent to a school how to be a good lawyer and administrator. You know, he was exposed immediately to learning Greek, to be a great governor. And so he ends up to be, ends up ultimately in the area called Liguri, 
in in the area of Italy, which is west of of uh, Genova, but also part of Milan. Milan was the headquarters. And so what happens is this: the bishop in Milan dies, and. Uh, and there was a problem at that time. We had a major heresy, which actually affected the church very negatively, is the Arians, the Arian heresy, which basically said Jesus is not like the Father. He is someone lower, which was a question of divinity, whether Jesus was fully divine. And so this was the difficulty. And, and, and so what happened is when Bishop of Milan dies, there's a group of, you know, Arians who, who wanted their candidate for the bishop so that he would support their sort of this type of version of Christianity, as well as the other ones who were faithful. And so they were struggling and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't choose. And so there was, there was a social upheaval, unrest there in the city. And so he as a governor of the area, he went to settle it, to pacify. And, uh, People did not, they did know that he was a catechumen. You remember that in the early church, because of, you know, uh, severe penances, let me have to tell you, you know, the, if you committed adultery or murder or, you know, you were, you were denied your faith, there's 20 years of public penance. So the parents were delaying the baptism because he says, well, what happens early on in your life, perhaps because baptism would remove all your sins, so therefore, if you made mistakes in your life, you know, then you receive baptism as an adult, you know, older, uh, and, and so all your sins will be wiped away. So his parents were introduced into a Catholic faith, but they did not baptize their son. And so Ambrose was is a catechumen. So he goes to Milan, and he is to pacify somehow, to make peace. And what happened is that people are not only arguing and trying to push their candidates, but ultimately they realize that they have in front of them probably the best candidate who's wise, smart, is trying to reconcile them, men of peace. And so they said, you have to be our bishop. You are the candidate. He says, no, I'm not baptized. I'm not priest. I'm not anybody. You know, he's trying to defend himself. And the more he tried to defend himself, you know, defend himself, the more they pushed. So they contacted the, uh, you know, the, 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 the emperor. And, and they said, he has to be our bishop. So the, the bishop, the Theodosius, who was the emperor, he says, okay, you get him, you know? So what do you do? So they ordain him, they baptize him, ordain him, priest, bishop in one week. And then he chose him to be a bishop. And he says, I know no theology. So how am I supposed to be? I'm a, I can be administrator, but I don't know any theology. But because he knew Greek very well, he knew, uh, he began to, an intense study of theology. So within a short period, because intelligent as he was, but all the books from the Eastern Church, everything that was written, you know, scriptures and commentaries and everything else in Greek, he was able to, to embrace. And then he became a, a very powerful teacher and preacher. He got into trouble number of times, however, because, you know, Justina, Justina who was the emperor's uh, 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 wife, she was, she was the one who was pushing Arianism, so he had to kind of talk to her 
in some ways. The Emperor Theodosius, there was an uprising against him in the area which is Croatia right now. And, and there was an uprising against him and, and he put down the rebellion or uprising against the Roman, Roman uh, uh, rule. Whatever happened, we do not know exactly. But we know that uh, the uh, 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 Ambrose spoke to, a, to the Theodosius, the, uh, the emperor, and he said, you have to do penance for this act. You have to do public penance because you've killed 6,000 people innocently just because you wanted to show that you can put down, you know, the, in the traditions of Romans. Romans did not tolerate any uprising, so it put brutally anything down and it was any form of, of uprising. And so here it is. So he, he did. He had such a powerful effect on the on emperor that he did. He was a Christian emperor. He should not have done that. But above all, he was, he was uh, someone who influenced Augustine to become Christian. Augustine was also catechumen, but he rejected it. He rejected it. Uh, he did not consider Christianity of, of any importance, great importance. So finally, he heard that there was this guy named Ambrose, a bishop of, of Milan, that he's worthy of, 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 of checking out. Well, Augustine loved someone who spoke beautifully. And so Augustine was, wanted to hear what was his style, rhetorical style. And so he went there, and not only did he hear a beautiful speech, but also a man who loved God, who absolutely loved the Lord. And so this is how he pulled him right into, into, the, into, the, into faith. He wrote many hymns, which we even sing today. Um, a tr truly a great man of God. But we have to say this, what he said, how he preached. His preaching was not only beautiful in style, but he says, come to know the Lord, come to know the rivers, the torrents of grace that flow from him. Come to know the rivers of knowledge, of insights, inspiration. Come to know him as a person. Come to know him and follow him. He will give you those torrents of grace because the waters that flow from the heart of the one who knows Christ are also the waters that nourish those who are thirsty, those who are parched in any way. The rivers of, of life will flow into the heart of the one who embraces Christ. And, and he says, come to know him. In a style, rhetorical style, yes, because he used many metaphors and things which would be beautiful for someone to hear the imagery. But the fact is that he always pointed to Christ. And, and he was able to witness to him he was able to witness by his way of life. When he became the bishop, he gave up everything. He gave up all his resources. He gave the, his, his, his family wealth to, to the church. He became poor. He embraced the faith completely that Christ was sufficient for him, that Christ would be the one who would take care of him, and he did. Uh, so by his witness in words and in deeds, he became the great, the great apostle of our Lord Jesus, the one who was sent. And he continued the mission of Christ. As you know, Christ's mission was that we'll come to know the Father. They will come to know the life of God 
that the Father wishes for us to have. And this is why Jesus was sent. He manifested in word and deed, and he entrusted this mission to the apostles and those who follow them to the very day, that this mission will continue. It's a mission of transformation of this world, the mission to transform all, all of us who are sinners and broken into men and women of God, to be people destined for glory. That's what he wishes. So may we, as we continue with the sacred liturgy, where Jesus is the source here, and when we look at the examples and witnesses like Ambrose, we know how they lived out their faith, and they continue to pass on the gift, which is the Eucharist, which is his word, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, that love that God has for us, the ones to be incarnate within us so that we may be sons and daughters of God. That is the, the gift of the church, is the gift of the Holy Spirit entrusted to us. And that is the gift of the Son of God given to us to lead, guide, shepherd, take us home to the Father's house. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.